Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, I'm Johnny Owen, and this is the Best 11 podcast from Talksport. Mark Webster and I ask our guests 11 questions all about their love of football, from their earliest memories of the game to how their matchday rituals have changed over the years. And at the end, they'll tell us their best 11, a team made up of anyone who's ever played for their club, along with a manager of their choice. Will they go four at the back with two sit-in, or will they pack the team with attacking talent? We'll find out very soon. Our guest this week is a man who's become one of Britain's most loved artists. With his unique style and insight into working-class life, he's become hugely popular and successful. He's also my personal favourite, and his stuff adorns the walls of my house. It is, of course, Sheffield boy Pete McKee. Pete, welcome to your best 11. Can you start by telling us who you support and why? My team is Sheffield Wednesday, and I support them because my big brothers did, and therefore are yeah, carrying on the family tradition through uh, through thick and thin and thin and thinner and thinner. <laughs> it is funny when you get um, a father or a brother who says uh, you have to support a football team. There's not much uh, you can't. There's not many people yeah. can get out of that. Really, it's, should it's, be the rules. It's pretty. It's pretty damning. Then you've yeah. lost your team, isn't it? Well, this is it. I think everybody should be supporting the team who were brought, born, the city or town. And I, I don't like this. Uh, I come from uh, uh, I don't know workshop, but I'm a Man U fan. I'm not having that. They should be supporting workshop town. Quite frankly, in my view. I mean, I, I suppose it Wednesday when we were at bottom at uh, third division. So, you know, it, I'm not, I was not glory hunting at that time. And uh, it, it wasn't kind of, I was made to, to follow Wednesday. It was just, it was just a tradition. I saw my brothers uh, kick, kicking off out of the house on the Saturday afternoon and coming back utterly miserable for three or four pints. <laughs> three or four pints to the better. So <laughs> it seemed like a good thing to carry on. You thought, that's the team for me. That's right. Well, it'd be like a cold winter night and the uh, chip pan were on uh, on the go in, in, in kitchen and my dad had been there uh, cooking up because my mum had passed away by then. Uh, my brother had come in through the door and he'd go, oh, football is terrible, and sit down. And that were it. And that was just basically a ritual for every Saturday in winter. <laughs> <laughs> the old consolation chip yeah, pans. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, that's it, yeah. It reminds me of um, <laughs> the, the sketch uh, by Monty Python there where the guy comes in. Bards to Worth United, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell us your, um, your early memories of football, Pete? Yeah, well, it's like a kind of almost like a fever dream, really, when you look back on their... Uh, uh, what it's like to follow football uh, in lower divisions and stuff, but it's kind of, it's it's like running around back of the stands with your mate because the te- terrible football's so bad, and your big brothers are in the stand watching the game, and you and your mate are running around the bike because you can't be bothered. And it's also the smell of Hamlet cigars 
Yes. Oh, because, sophisticated. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. This is it. Well, my big brother worked at Steelworks, and when you worked in Steelworks and working night shifts, you get a, you're a bit more flush. You know, you got a bit of cash to spend. So we'd be in Southstand, which is posh end, and occasionally I'd be taken there. And uh, the cigars were, were obviously distributed out between him and his mates, and that was a, a distinct smell and an aroma of uh, watching football for me. And so that that was another one. And it just, I think, um, yeah, just catching buses and, and uh, waiting and coldness. And they, they were all, all <laughs> the memories the I've got of football. Yeah. Did, were, yeah. you a pl- were you much of a player as a kid? Uh, I wanted to be a goalkeeper. And I wanted oh. to be a goalkeeper because I was fat. the only option to to play football was to be at night because you didn't have to run around so much so I had a brief dalliance with being a football goalkeeper in at at, uh, junior school and I think I lasted three games and the first game was 1-0 and that was quite exciting we'd lost 1-0 and then the next one was 5-0 and the other one was 7-0 and then by the half time of the next game I was a substitute and I never saw another game again (laughs) wow Wow. you you, you flew like a like you like a comet there you you shone brightly but briefly didn't you (laughs) well yeah my uh the, the defining moment in my football career was actually getting hold of the ball in the box after a corner and kicking as hard as I could out and hitting one of my own players and going back into the net. Yeah, you know luck's not on your Despite side, Andy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah, retired <laughs> to k- kick it in. Yeah, I still played football, obviously, on backfield with my mates, but that was the, the one and only chance of playing for a proper team was that school school team. Oh, bless. Uh, could, do you remember your first game that you went to, Pete? No, I can't. And that's it because it was such a um, a blur of yeah. just, like I say, rain and coldness and misery and uh, boringness of watching football. <laughs> it's I, I don't it, because you can't. The atmosphere is weren't there when you're walking up. You know, if you were like supported um, a, a big side that were successful, and you'd, you'd have that glory of of knocking over a big team or he's put five past you. But when you got Shrewsbury on a Tuesday night or something like that, and it turns out nil-nil or you lose one-nil and they scored it first 20 minutes and all you're doing is kicking the ball in there. It's hard to get excited by it, but you're just absolutely happy that you're there because your brothers have taken you and you've been invited into this. But the actual spectacle of football wasn't actually... wasn't actually the the thing the overriding thing i think it was just i was grateful to get out of house quite frankly <laughs> and have my brothers actually uh, recognize me because uh um, one of them are and he's seven years older than me and he's a fanatical wednesday obviously and then uh, our Stuart, we were 15 years older so i was like the chore oh, they, the they absolutely that... babysat you then didn't they really yeah that's it yeah forced upon yeah, them they... Yeah, exactly. So I don't think they were actually relishing that prospect when my dad said, right, take our feet at football. <laughs> uh, I can remember being in Cardiff as a kid with uh, my mother and uh, in, like, like it was in those days, a few extended family, you know what I mean? Sort of like an uncle, yeah. a few cousins. And um, I was only seven, I remember. And Wales were playing that day. Yeah. And we're all walking around uh, Cardiff. My father suddenly announces, right, he's going to nip to a pub to watch the match. And all the, right. all the men were going to go with them and the women were going to obviously going to carry on shopping. This was the 70s. And it was brilliant because yes. my your older brother who was seven years older than me was 14 and my father went I'll probably mm. take Chris because you know I can <gasps> give him pop and crisp and I'm there going can oh, I go the and, crossover. Oh. and then he's gone 
you'll have to stay. And I can remember just looking, and I, no. I was looking at these ten women who were obviously going to go shopping, shopping, and no. the men were going to go to a pub to watch football. Can you imagine? I can and your remember, brothers yeah. looking back at you, oh, give, with flicking the, the vicks, oh. flicking the vicks, <laughs> as if to say you're right. And I can just remember going, "I'm please," and I can't take you, son. Sorry, but I, so I saw your brothers taking you, Pete. is a is a wonderful thing. Yeah. God bless them. Yeah, it is. Yeah, whether they liked it or not, they had to, and that was fine. And they sort of kind of. Um, Arian, the the seven years difference one, he was the one that mainly took me to matches because uh, his best mate and my best uh, brother and my best mate, but well, they were brothers in sort of thing. So it was this sort of symbiotic sort of unit. So me and Roger, uh, we would run around back back at stands while they were watching football sort of thing. Fantastic. And so that was like my first introduction of our, to the etiquette of football. And then my, my eldest brother, Arian, Stuart, sorry, uh, I'd be the one I'd be squeeze into the corner of a boozer and told to sit quiet and wait for two and a half hours while they're getting uh, pre-leathered. <laughs> well, it's a rites of passage, I yes, think that's yes. cool, Pete. It is, absolutely. I'm not, uh, to me, it's brilliant. It's, it enriched my life tremendously. Exactly. And they'd bribe you, wouldn't they? They'd go, if you sit quiet, you're going to have pop <laughs> yeah. or nuts or crisps, and you'd, you'd be rigid new. And then if you'd start getting a yeah. twitch of the 20 minutes, they go, I've told you, I'm sorry, and sit back there. Get again. a little yeah. food parcel yes. sent over yeah. to you every yeah. now yeah, and then as a, as a special treat. Now, I, I know what you mean about how the games blur when you're a kid, but I'd be amazed yeah. if you can't vividly see your favourite player as a kid. So that's one thing that we did latch onto, I think, when we were young. Yes. Um, well, because of the old football in uh, Malarkey and being in goalkeeper, wanting to be a goalkeeper, Chris Turner was sort of my. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Very good yeah. keeper. Yeah, and well, he, he was like famous because obviously he took Arsenal to about five replays in the FA Cup because he, he played a blinder. And so he was one. But then, obviously, if you're wanting, like, the starlet player of the time for us, it was Terry Curran. Yes. And he was our, like, George Best sort of Maradona-type player. He had the perm, he had the tash, and he had a bit a, a bit of flair and a bit of tenacity about him. So he, he was, like, the glamour boy uh, in uh, for Sheffield Wednesday back in, the, in those days, for had sure. A, had a great nickname, the Curran. Yeah. And- yeah. The current, really? Yes, he's the current. In Forest, yeah. Because he went from Forest, interesting enough. Clough let him go, ah, and he went to Sheffield yeah. Wednesday uh, and did great there. But, uh, yeah, did. Forest let him go. And he because he, he, the idea was that him and Martin O'Neill were very, two very different players. Now, John Robertson on the one wing, who was very attack-minded, but um, right. Martin O'Neill was able to defend, whereas Terry was another attacker. And you had to fit the yes. Clough yeah, way, right, otherwise, yeah. regardless of how good you yeah. were, didn't you? So yeah, it shocked a lot sense. of Forest fans that he let him go. Right. Oh, uh, okay. But he was a, he was a hero, uh-huh. Wednesday, as, you, as you say. Yeah, he was. Yeah, then he went to the other side, went to the dark side and played for United for a bit as well. Well, did you, the, the, was there a lot of that going on? Did, did, did they Not really, no, I don't think so. Much, no? No. no, I don't think so. I no. think it's never the twain should meet, really, isn't yeah. it? Normally, in those sort of things. It's rare that you get a player from uh, from United or Wednesday swapping over. No, so it's well, fair. Mrs Curran was delighted. You know, he's got a new job, but she's not. She hasn't got to pack up well, all the crockery. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. There is that one. There's a plus size for somebody. Can, can I ask you about your your? I mean, you've you've alluded to it. You were taken by your brothers, but do you do, do in your late teens? What were your match day rituals when you used to go down to Hillsborough? Well, I had a I had a sort of a. It was a a mate who was older than me on the estate, and he was uh, his uncle. Uh, worked on this turnstiles Brilliant. and so I'd go with him and we'd get <laughs> him for an old. I bet you did. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so we'd get a bus uh, at Low Edges which is an estate next to where I live, Batemore and th- that bus would take you all the way through into town and then back out into Hillsborough so it was like an hour bus ride or so 
And that would it would be like twelve o'clock we'd be on that and then by one o'clock we'd be in the stands when it first opened up and you just wait and wait and wait on the cop <laughs> for the game to start. Fantastic. So it was just like the the pride was to be there first practically on uh, waiting um on the crush barriers, waiting for it, swinging on them, getting self entertained, reading the programme. And uh, yeah, the, the very derogate thing at that time was to have your scarf tied around your wrist as Course well. It was. Yes. Uh, yeah. Was it basically so a Rollers fan or a football fan? Being very careful exactly. that, that you didn't bump into a fan of an opposing team who would take oh, them as trophies, wouldn't they? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Right. That was that, well, yeah, my brother actually warned me of that. That's the funny thing. Yeah, he, I remember him saying that. Uh, I just scarf, someone's going to nick it off you. So, yeah, that, that put me with fear in fear of God. Same as me. <laughs> going to Bristol, I went to Bristol and my mate, my, we were young, my mate went, I just, I just scarf, they love your scarves. We were like, oh, okay. Do you know uh, what I mean? <laughs> so you, you buy a scarf and then you can't, it can't be seen. Yeah, they may, yeah. It made perfect sense. Yeah, no, no, I know yeah. we'll, t- we'll touch on this obviously in, 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 in a little while anyway, but at this point, had you, were you putting pen to paper as a teenager? Had you started kind of down the road of the of sketching and illustration and art? Yeah, I, I was drawing when it was like it was the only thing at school that I got any praise for so I just thought that I better keep concentrate on that one <laughs> the old drain malarkey so from from an early age even in infant school I thought I'll 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 draw as much as I can but I never had a um, I didn't like kind of drawing paper in house so which will probably take us on to the next one the next uh, question so I'll keep that one um uh, for, for later but yeah so I I was drawing uh, quite a bit at the time and then I ended up drawing football fanzine cartoons, which actually was my first ever paid job. Oh, fantastic. Uh, was drawing the, for the uh, view from the East Bank, and it morphed into several different things throughout the its age, uh, like spitting feathers and out of the blue and stuff like that. But I, I stayed current while ever the editors dropped out. I, I just kept drawing cartoons because it got me 50 quid every game. Well, don't knock it. <laughs> don't knock so it. I can't hide. <laughs> don't knock it. Yeah, exactly. And what is it like for you to go to a game now, Pete? What, what are your matchday rituals now? Uh, well, matchday rituals, me and my son, Charlie, we, uh, we we identify a cafe that we want to try out and have a full English or something like that. We have something to eat. And then we'll try and get into the bar that's at the um, ground itself. Um, I um, the Wednesday tap it's called but it always gets like snided out uh, quite quickly so we try and get in there and then I'll have my alcohol free beers and Charlie will have a few pints and we meet my big brothers they, we, we sit together with Arian and our Stuart and we will have a sweepstake on the attendance a quid each wow and, uh, <laughs> yeah I know uh, last bragging rights that isn't it bragging rights <laughs> oh, <so>. man yeah <laughs> So we can walk out with like five pounds in his back pockets to look at. <laughs> it's a thrill of the wind, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's like that. it just, it absolutely, we look forward to that, like, on the 70th minute when they announce uh, attendance. <laughs> We've got so much to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you need that in a game, don't you? Do you know what I mean? I uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And across the years, then, have you, have you managed to collect some mementos, memorabilia, souvenirs that you that you still cherish to this day? Yeah, well, that's going back to um, the the previous question. But before I get into that one, I've, I've got like a, a couple of bottles of um, beers that are um, from certain matches, obviously, like the uh, Rumbelow's Cup final. They, they produced a, a beer for that. And so I bought one of those bottles back in the day. Unopened, obviously, pristine. Of and the same with the Steel City Derby. <gasps> Which was a momentous day at Wembley. Yes, uh, and it sort of that was when the trend where um, I guess FA Cup semis was sort of played at uh, Wembley because Arsenal and Tottenham uh, got Wembley and Wednesday United were in uproar that we ended up getting some other 
kind of provincial ground to play at and we uh, protested and we got Wembley as well. I think from there on in, the, the semis were played at Wembley after that. Oh, that's right, of course. Yeah, that would yeah, make sense. I remember, yeah. that, I remember that very well. It's interesting that um, some, I just talk about art as well. Football is a big part of your art, Pete, isn't it? Um, you, you've drawn it some is, amazing yeah. photographs of, of, of the Wednesday team, but also all football and some wonderful stuff about just sort of like kids with their dog playing on that patch of grass between the tower yeah, blocks. Yeah, that's right. It's all about the Terry's culture, really, when I when I started um uh, do my paintings when it comes to football and so as we were talking about the the sweets and stuff I've actually got a painting called Halftime Sweets and it was just basically uh, this uh, me and my big brother the painting is uh, and all these empty seats around him and it's uh, uh, just giving giving a kid basically enough sweets to last until half time so <laughs> <he can> <laughs> Keep them quiet while games on because you know you take a kid uh, to football at age seven or eight, you're just wasting your time. You've got to get there when they're about twelve or thirteen, and they've got a, a real passion for it and really want to uh, get involved and watch game rather than watch clouds or, or uh, houses in background. <laughs> there is another, there is another wonderful p- uh, painting that uh, we could I try, try and get on social media called Casuals, where you've got that early eighties oh, sort of yeah. look. It's just it's brilliantly yeah. observed, isn't it? And you do that wonderfully, like terrace culture. You get it off to a tee. Yeah, well, the, the casual thing's a really interesting movement, isn't it, in a sense? It wasn't normally fashion movements are about music, but casual movement was nothing, It was about football. And, yeah. and you can't even pinpoint a band that would would be a, a casual band, in a sense. It was, could have been David Bowie, it could have been the jam. That it's doesn't true. really matter. It was it was the clubs, the teams and where you went. Yeah. And, and and so that was a great, that's what I think is quite wonderful about that that as a fashion movement was it wasn't directed by pop stars on top of the pops. It was it was directed by a group of fans nicking, <laughs> liberally uh, taking uh, Italian sportswear yeah. from shops when they went on so. Yeah, yeah, by fair means or foul, yeah, yeah. I suppose we could say. So yeah. you, you mentioned, okay, you touched on it earlier on there. I mean, I, I, I'm going to assume you don't wander around football matches saying, don't move, I must sketch you. I, I, <laughs> no, no. But, but so tell us about how, 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 what's your work, what's your modus operandi then? Because as you said earlier on, you didn't have the materials. So, so I take it you do now and you've got a system that you work for, you're doing your football yeah. stuff. Well, this is it. Well, well when we were talking back with the, uh, the, the, the drawing materials and, and their uh, football memorabilia, one of, one of the memorabilia I've got is a Santos uh, Wednesday v Santos program wow, um, and yeah. Pele's team came to Hillsborough they, they came twice and on one of those occasions uh, obviously uh, there was a program produced well the program produced for both of them and R. Ian was an avid uh, program collector and that was his prized possession was this particular program but me as a seven year it's not no seven year old kid I wouldn't appreciate indeed but the, the, this as an item of such treasure and all I saw was Pele holding this sort of cup on his head, and it was this round circle, and I drew a face on it. And uh, obviously, Arian was absolutely livid and beside himself. That <laughs> <laughs> I destroyed his one and only uh, glorious memory of Santos and Pele, and seeing them uh, on the cup. Uh, but then on my uh, 50th that's the original McKee. That's worth forty some... grand now. Please. Well, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on my fiftieth birthday, he gave it to me framed up. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that was really sweet. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, brilliant. so <laughs> yeah, so that's one of my treasures. That's in my uh, studio, uh, Pride of Place, uh, 
but yeah, so I, my sort of daily routine or whatever is I, I just troll my, my, uh, my memories. Yeah. And a lot of my work is, is basically heavily steeped on me growing up on a council estate. And it, 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 the beauty of that is it's, it's, it's a shared experience for so many people. So when, when I'm sort of painting kids waiting on the, on the cop uh, for the game to start and painting, uh, uh, whatever football casuals or whatever people can relate to it and that's what it's all about it's the re- relatability so Definitely. when i'm coming up with new work it, it's just basically i just have to sit back and try and remember uh, <laughs> crank I mean, my memory banks up you have got a you have got a real gift for this uh, pete i have to say i, I mean i went to the oh, exhibition shit, you did um about the six weeks holiday which was fantastic oh, and yeah. amazingly yeah. well attended i mean queues around the block for it um and oh, it set, yeah, it set, set up a space which was you know a commemorative of what the six week holidays we all remember as kids, and I'm walking yeah. around and there's and he set up a, a proper mid seventies living room, and it's amazing. And there's a crowd of people all stood there, and I'm there because there's a red effusion box there, and it's, you know there's the famous there's the painting on the wall you remember. Lots of clashes oh, of patterns. And I'm do you assuming. know what he's got going? Yeah. I'll never forget this as long as I live. This is great art. He's got playing on a loop the start of Pink Panther. Oh yeah, and of course it's yeah. just a bit, and I can do it now. The Rinky Dink Panther, yeah. and it's as plain as he knows that he's the one yeah, and only, truly Panther Pink Panther from head to toe. And we all sing it, a group of men and women. Oh, I swear to you, and we all look at each other and burst out laughing. And that's what Pete does. It's absolute genius. He finds those moments that are communal moments we all remember, and does it brilliantly. So bless you for that, Pete. I'll never forget it. Never forget it. Plus, of course. You must love the start of the Pink Panther because that animation oh. is absolutely up your alley, Pete, it isn't is. it? Uh, yeah, that was it. As a kid, I was just waiting for all those little nuggets of animation that were on the 70s TV at the time, you know. And it used to be maybe a little bit of Disney, uh, yeah. seven-minute ones on a Saturday afternoon. And then, obviously, the Warner Brothers ones, which were absolutely brilliant, you know, Wiley Coyote and uh, yeah. Fargon Lagoon and all those. They were shown regular. And you don't get those now, unfortunately. No. Uh, on because it was Daytime only three TV, channels but... as well. If you, if you showed cartoons, yeah, you'd get millions yeah. of people watching because you were kids and it was a treat, yeah. wasn't it? That's a good question for you both. Do you know who the Pink Panther cartoon was based on? He was based on a famous British actor. Uh, I think I do. Who? George Sanders. Is it Peter no, Sellers? No, no, not far David off. Niven. David oh, Niven. 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 That's right, yeah. The walk is the two foot shuffle. Yeah, he's too, too thin for George Sanders. Yes. Niven, that was Niven. Yeah. Very yeah, upright, yeah, yeah. that kind of perfect English gentleman. Ah, lovely. Nice one. Top man. So, Pete... Uh, I was going to ask you, you've drawn it many, many times. What's your favourite <laughs> kit? Oh, it's uh, Bukta, uh, 1970s Bukta. It's the one that uh, Terry Curran, Mel Sterling wore. Um, it's b- bold blue and white stripes, so it's practically these three blue stripes down the front yes. of your chest. It, it goes all the way around. Nice tight blue shorts and white socks. <laughs> but it was the, it was the, it was a classic uh uh, stripes, three stripes, sort of uh, front frontage, rather than fancy messing about. Now we like kind of disjointed bits and bobs. It's, it's that need, isn't it, to create a new kit, to create a new set of people to buy it each season, and so you, you, your history gets destroyed quite quickly. Now every season is a new abstract version of how to make a stripe look like a stripe but or they, not. they revisit it of course what they realize is that they that, that they perhaps there's put, a template isn't yeah that, exactly yeah. and they kind of like yeah. perhaps put certain shirts out of their misery a bit too quickly was <laughs> yeah. was it a collared shirt that one it was a collared one yeah it was uh, so that that's always a nice thing another favorite wednesday shirt for me was the 19 uh 60s one which was basically like ipswich towns it's a blue blue oh, chest it? and white sleeve 
Yeah. Oh, and, yes, of uh, course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I like that one because uh, me, my brother Harry uh, handed me that down. That was one of my hand-me-downs where he's top. So I have an affection for that, even though obviously they didn't dismiss complete with the stripes. It's just there as 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 my little kind of thing that I got this this recognition from my brother that I existed. <laughs> I was gonna. I, I was. I, I, I just want to join the join the dots here because it's a lovely story that uh, we had uh, Richard Hawley on a few weeks back, Pete. Oh, and lovely. I love yeah. this story. It's, it's a bit like uh, it's a bit of pop culture. But you and Richard lived together, shared a flat long before we you were did. both famous, didn't you? That's right. Yeah, me and Richard, yeah, we were on Holy Street. Yeah, um, I remember one morning he he, he never really rose any uh, earlier than three in the afternoon. <laughs> I remember Bob Morley like at three o'clock in the afternoon. He's always lived like a, he always lived like a rock star. You said this, didn't he? <laughs> he did, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so one morning, I'm, I'm just sat there. Well, one afternoon, should I say, I was yeah. sat in the kitchen. And he walks in his underpants and his guitar and sits down and he plays me this song they just made up. So that that was a nice uh, kind of introduction that he were, he were on his way with his music, but... And he said the yeah, same. We, he said a wonderful story it. about you as well. He said, so I, I said to him, you were lived for Pete McKee. He said, you were great, Pete. Always doodling. <laughs> yeah, so even then, that's Pete's it. always right in, and he's playing the guitar. It's, I, it's a yeah. wonderful image, though, isn't it? Both this young lads. And it sounds, is, like, yeah. sounds like the left bank in yeah, Paris, yeah. doesn't oh, it? Yeah. You know, in the sixties, this does. I just love it. You know what I mean? I once, uh, I, 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 I took this girl back to flat. They don't get any worse than that. Uh, but she went in and looked at kitchen and walked straight back out again. <laughs> I love it. There's like... a chance of Hawley walking in oh, his underpants. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I've got a tune for you. Yeah. <laughs> there were pots piled up everywhere. I think the kitchen floor were four inches thick in like grease and muck and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, definitely read Ghost. Ah, wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant stories. Brilliant stories. Pete, could you tell us uh, have you got a team that's not Wednesday that you've got a soft spot for? Well, this is. The thing is that I, I don't really take any interest in football outside of Sheffield Wednesday. I yeah. can't get passionate about watching Match of the Day or, or a live game of football on telly. But the the one team that that caught my passion or Pete was uh, Ireland, oh, the Ireland oh, national right. squad. Right. When Jack Charlton took him over yeah. and they had that run in the World Cup and yes. it was just magical. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Jack Charlton's anyway because obviously he took Wednesday. He, did. Yep. he set Wednesday on the path to greatness before uh, everything else. Uh, you know, we had a, we had a period, an Alcyon period in in my uh, lifetime, which I'll take. And he, he, he was the first architect of that. And it's just I love um, passion and character and stories. And Ireland was full of that. And uh, so I've always got a soft spot for the Republic of Ireland squad. Yeah, that was it was it was great to watch from outside, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, for an island, yeah, fan. yeah. It, greater, yeah. of course, but it was yes, so course. much fun to enjoy them enjoying themselves yeah. so much. Yeah, that nineteen ninety World Cup where they got to the quarter final and, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and the way they did it as well it was was a terrific. I mean, England had a great tournament, and that's what made the tournament mm. really interesting. Was England were great and Ireland on the go at the yeah, same time? Yeah, yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. This is the best eleven podcast from Talk Sport. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do 
not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right, Pete, we're going to take you through the final question now. This is the one where we ask you for your best 11. Are you doing club or country? I'm doing a bit of everything. Is that all right? <laughs> you can do whatever you want. 11, it's your best so, yeah. 11, Pete. Right, OK. Well, first, I was trying to work out what goalkeeper I wanted. And I didn't know whether it should be Billy, Billy the Fish or Pat Jennings. <laughs> I went to Pat Jennings. Pat Jennings. Big Pat Jennings. Big Pat. Yeah, gotcha. that's it. I mean, it was... It was. It, these are some of the names that I may ne- never have seen play football, but their names just conjure up something. And I want a, I want a, I want a uh, dressing room that when you go in, you can smell the wood binds and the linen and, and the and the bitter and the <laughs> and the booze. <laughs> I want that to be steaming uh, when when we go in into the yeah. into there changing is definitely rooms. Definitely a communal cups, bath in cups this of one. Tea, like, yeah, communal yeah. bath and cups of tea half oh, time. Exactly. That green, right. that yeah, green yeah. tea set they still have in the seventies. <laughs> remember that, that yeah. thick green sort of like lime green. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. But then I want a bit of culture. I am going to go to Sheffield Wednesday for this, and I'm going to put Roland Nielsen as me at me right back Ooh, because he was, yeah, he was good. He was just unstoppable. He, he, he just you just knew that no one was going to get past him and when he got the ball he, he put the right pass in so he, he's he's i can't not have him in the side Lovely. and then across the back i've got joe jordan jack charlton and bobby moore okay so i want i want basically i, I love joe jordan because he didn't have any front teeth so he obviously <laughs> he knew how to put himself about okay and jack jack charlton is a little legend i want him in my side yeah and so i want him and then bobby moore is just like my steve mcqueen of players he's uh the glamour boy in that squad, he did that. He, he, they, you couldn't have had a, a better poster boy for that '66 team, yeah. could you? Really? And you no, know, that's right. Yeah, he, he could obnob with showbiz and 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 look the part, couldn't he? So that, but also exactly. drinking the, drink the blind beggar with his mates. Oh well, he was no, one no, of them, he's Bobby. East End. Yeah, yeah, no, don't yeah. You worry he about could that. straddle yes. both camps. He could. Yeah. Oh, there's a great saying about uh, Richard Burton. That he was a man that could drink with paupers and princes. Yes, equally as comfortable. <laughs> same, same and and more, more had a touch of that about. And he was a man of the people, but he could also. Dying with royalty, well, it's, it's he? like he yeah. even looked like Michael Caine, and it's the same story, isn't it? Yeah, you know, someone yeah, comes, yeah. he's showbiz, but at the same time, he's high street. 
I was going to just say to you, that's right. um, Jack Charlton has got a film out uh, called Finding Jack Charlton, Pete, which I think you'll really enjoy, which is literally right. about the um, his journey with the Irish team in 88, 90 and 94. Fantastic. Uh, well worth watching. And as you say, all through it, you realise what a character Jack Charlton yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. There's a great photograph of him in his Leeds kit and he's smoking a fag. I mean, what more do you want in life than that? That, that That's football. That's a great photograph. There's a scene How it in, should be. There's a scene in the film where his wife goes, he used to tell me he didn't smoke. And then his photograph <laughs> evidence and he's there on the ciggy and he with his leads kit on which is great do you know I mean? anyway your midfield yeah, Pete brilliant. your midfield okay I can't leave Chris Waddle out he was so instrumental in the Wednesday squad for us yeah. he was brilliant absolutely brilliant we he got was him good everywhere steal. to be fair Pete so that's yeah. a fine choice he was a huge favourite there isn't it, Wednesday yeah. people love him at Wednesday don't they they do yeah he uh, a, a, a godlike character he, he says is this one um, this he said uh, I'd interviewed him once and he said you could hear this there uh, when he got the ball and he ran down the wing. You could hear the seats uh, flap up when everybody stood up to watch him run down the wing. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely magical when you've yeah. got that. Yeah, not so like not Chris a classical Wong. winger though. One yeah. No, he wasn't. No, because he got this sort of stoop to him as well. Hadn't yeah, he? But and he was, was absolutely was really fast. Yeah, yeah. I know, a, yeah, I know but, quite, a, quite a good story about him. Do you remember there was an advert made about twenty-five years ago called the Three Lions about a pub. And it had all loads of great England players in it. So it had Jack Charlton and it, Bobby Charlton, as if they were playing for a pub team. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and then Bobby Robson yeah. turns up at the end, and he and he gives the chat, and they pick Peter Beardsley up on the way, and Brian Robson plays and Stuart Pearce. So it's like it's like an amalgamation of all the great England players, and they yeah. play in a pub yeah. league, and they run out. To... Anyway, I knew one of the lads who was filming that, and they were saying that of all the players, Chris Waddle was still the one. He said there was very little difference between him then and when he was playing. He really? said everything we asked him to do, uh. he could do the same almost as he did when he was playing. Yeah. He was one of those who did. Very, very. Apparently, Ian Rush was very similar. Ian Rush was playing five aside football with his mates in his late fifties and sixties, and he was still scoring like ten goals. Well, he, he always like, looked like he had something yeah. in the tank, Waddle, didn't he? So yeah, yeah. Even then, yeah, in, yeah. In his, in his dotage as well. That's a lovely choice, Peter. So who else have you got? Uh, I've got another Wednesday player, yes. <laughs> John Sheridan. Oh yes, oh, uh, yeah, but Cluffy didn't like him and no. gave him to us like Curran, and uh, he was an absolute a beauty on the ball, so cultured, the the passes he played, he just split defences, him and Waddle together, it, it was just a dream. And also he was hard and uh, he, he liked to pint. Yeah, okay. so, so the triumvirate then is it exactly? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. He, he would. He'd run. He'd run the entire length of the pitch just to get into a melee. If one of the players were being like challenged by another, he'd, he'd be the first in there to help him out and stuff. And you, you want that? My, I want my side to be full of passion and to grit, but also a little bit of flair as well. Brilliant. You need to win a game. Never yes. mind kicking them out of the park. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've got two more uh, in midfield. Have you, Pete? Two more. Uh, yes, uh, Billy Bremner. All right. Oh. Okay. Okay, yeah, so, so that you've got your actual, inf- well, the real, the original enforcer. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I want to make sure that uh, when 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 a team plays against my side, they they, they know about it. They uh, can walk off walk, walk off that pitch knowing they're at the game. <laughs> it was a great saying that they used to shout in the crowd. In the crowd, if it was if it was a match that wasn't going anywhere, somebody would try to come on, Leeds, get blood on your boots. Yes, <laughs> yeah. there, you know what I mean. Come on, get stuck in, get some blood on your boots. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and Billy Bremner. I like, I like, I'm, it's a great shout out because Billy was a fantastic enforcer, but could play a bit as well. Could go forward. That was the thing yeah. about it. Had everything. Had everything. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, my next winger uh, is uh, George Best. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. George, well, you, very nice. Yeah. I mean, I I would love to have been able to see him play. Yeah, uh, at his best, uh, absolutely. You know, to me, just uh, an archetypal brilliant footballer, but a, fl- a flawed genius, shall we say? Yeah. Isn't that something that we all kind of 
uh, relate to when we're uh, looking at sports people and stuff like that. It's I that kind is of, this someone you've captured, Pete? I, I imagine you've drawn George Best, haven't you? No, I haven't. No, no. The, the, the one image that I overridingly love of George Best is actually the wedding present album, George Best. Yeah. That, that photograph of him on the yeah. front cover of that is just glorious. Yeah. I, just, I just love that. And so, so I would have George Best in and then um, I was getting a little bit stuck when it came to strikers. I, w- I wouldn't want to put David Hurst in, but I've had too many Wednesday players. So I ended up with Jimmy Greaves oh. and Malcolm McDonald. Oh, hey. Interesting combination. <laughs> Jimmy... Exactly. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Greaves. Jimmy, he is... missed out on 66, but he made Pete McKee's exactly. best 11. Fantastic. So. And, and well, also... that's why. Also, one of, well, also one of the. My, I mean, my old man. I always thought, you know, loved his football. Would talk long into the night about football. He'd always say to me, "Greatest goal scorer I ever seen, Sam, was Jimmy Greaves." Yeah, and he wouldn't even yeah, skip a beat exactly. saying it. He'd just go, "What a goal scorer!" And that World Cup, yeah. ironically, there was a good documentary on about him the other day. Me and you were talking about. It. It's weird that that's kind of defined him now that he didn't play in a final when what? all the other stuff he did was fantastic. His whole career was yeah. just, was incredible, and he came to West Ham. In it, it was the legendary deal. It's Martin Peters plus two hundred and twenty. Five thousand pounds. Yeah. The swap wow. deal from Tottenham and West Ham got Jimmy Greaves at the back end of his career, and it was a kind of it was a wonderful thing to see him in that shirt. But it was probably a bit of a mm. disaster because him and Bobby Moore, best drinking buddies at the best of times, yeah. and, now, and now you put them in, in the same training ground together. They, um, there's, yeah. they, there's a wonderful story, but this is how much of a natural goal scorer he is that uh, somebody was saying about him. He goes to AC Milan, doesn't he? Yes, and he's dreadfully homesick. I mean, he just wants to come home straight away. Um, but he can't stop scoring. And he's got to the point where he's going on the pitch and he says to somebody, I, 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 I don't want to score him. I'm going to try not to score. And he finds himself almost sleepwalking into positions. Going, oh, I'm putting oh, the ball in the net. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've only scored again. Yeah, literally. And he's coming off going, I just can't help but find the you know, position for the ball. And I just thought to myself, that's a wonderful story. That you know, was that the, that, and that was why they were apparently tapping. Yes. It's because he knew exactly where to go. knew be. exactly where to go. It was just in him. Uh, he was just in, an innate footballer. And then Super Mac. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Again, it's stretching back to that uh, lemon uh, smelling uh, changing room and wood binds and, and best bitter. Yeah. Is, is and those sideboards as well. Yeah, he'd, he'd have side a sideboard. Yeah. 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 Exactly. No teeth yeah. and a great set of sideies. <laughs> yes. And I, I always thought, you see, growing up, because obviously he was so synonymous with, with Newcastle, he was a Geordie, but he wasn't. He was a no, London boy. And very, and very well spoken. Yeah. As well. Slightly uh, posh. Yeah. Which yeah, did right, not go brilliant. with that face. No. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. Yeah, that's a new one on me. I, I assumed he was like, you know... A Geordie. Born and bred. A no, Geordie, yeah. Because Frank so, Clark, who is a born and bred Geordie, told me a great story. He said, nothing sent Malcolm a bit than this. He said, we were going back from um, Newcastle to London. He said, we'd always get the train back. It's such a journey. He said, and if we were really lucky, even in those days, they'd fly us back every now yeah. and then. This is in the 70s. But this one day, they've got a coach for us. And everybody's kind of heart sinks, you know, and they said that we played somewhere in London, drawn nil-nil, and we got this coach journey. And in those days, before motorways, really, uh, he said we got like five, seven hours on a, on a bus. Oh, yeah. But of course, oh, Malcolm right. doesn't. He, somebody picks him up in, a, in an Alfa Romeo Spider oh, and drives him off. And he went, nothing sent Malcolm a better than that. London boy, <laughs> off he goes in his sports car when we get on the bus to Newcastle. It's a girl Newcastle. in mini dress and kinky boots, <laughs> yeah, isn't literally, it? Absolutely. Literally. <laughs> Frank said, oh, I couldn't believe it, man. If girl comes on the corner, picks <laughs> Malcolm up, and off he goes. <laughs> You've got to go back to Newcastle, you know. So, yeah, I, I love that image of him, uh, Supermarket. It's a great shout. 1970s, sideboards and a, and a solid yeah, exactly. crow up front. Now, here's, this is it. Now, we're gonna go, we need a gaffer off of you. Have you got a pl- oh, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if you're going to go player manager or not here. Because you're uh, at no. centre half. Yeah. You've got your man, haven't you, Charlton? But have you got another manager? Yeah. 
of course, it's it's Cluffy, isn't it? It's got to be. Okay. Oh, same same as last week. We're copying it. So yeah, Vicky, well, Vicky McClure went Brian Clef. No, I know, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, if you're talking about characters in the game, it's got to be Brian yeah. Clef, isn't it? And he gave well, you he's two players. Control all these, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, he might not play uh, Sheridan, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, Cullen and Sheridan. Yeah, yeah. He sells he sells he sells one of the players out of Pete McKee's team. This yeah, doesn't yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. seem to work quite well. <laughs> I do know that you have drawn Cluffy, and I can say this. Ah. Because he drew him for the uh, the oh, yeah. stuff we did around, I believe miracles, and he drew him brilliantly. Sold so many, yeah. and he's got him on caps and t-shirts. You did a fantastic job of that, Peter. Yeah, was cheers, he great? Mate. Was he great to draw? He was, yeah. Because he's, um, it's not just his face; his, his personality erupts from him in a sense. And they're the best people you can draw if, if they've got their, their physicalities or caricature already. Then you know you're on a, onto a winner. I used to draw caricatures at parties and stuff like that uh, when I was younger, obviously, in my early days of drawing. So I'd get wedding receptions and stuff. And there'd be some people that were really easy because they sort of shone. And others, you just could not draw them to save your life. And you'd have to say, I'm sorry, I held my hand up after 20 minutes of trying to draw this person's yeah, face. Yeah. And But Cluffy was one of those that you just you go, yeah, you can get him quite quickly because he's, he's, he's the whole thing, he's the real deal. Yeah, you do. You, you do the. You know the OK Cluffy used to do the ding with it with a hand. Yeah, obviously. Pete, yeah, Pete did that, and also he did a fantastic <laughs> one where he did the shape of the forest badge. You know that the those squiggly, squiggly lines that represent the Trent in the yes. badge in the tree, only with Cluff's head coming out of it. Oh, beautiful beautifully stuff. Done. Beautifully beautiful done. Work. <laughs> and, sp- and speaking of you turning uh, your your hand to your art, uh, we yes. obviously. I'm, I'm gonna guess being locked down keeps you pretty busy, but we but we need to see it. So mm. when's that likely to happen? <laughs> Yes, well, I've got a little exhibition uh, set up for the Millennium Gallery in Sheffield, which is the, our our big kind of provincial gallery uh, there. And it's only on for a weekend, and it's in December. Uh, so you can get tickets for that, and it's um, it's a free bet. You don't have to pay, but it just, it's just to basically, because of all the COVID and, and numbers, so you can do that. But once that's over and done and dusted, we're going to actually put it out online as well so everybody else can go and see it uh, remotely on, on the computers or whatever. And it's eight new paintings. And what I've done is I've actually changed my style for this. Ooh. I've got a very, very distinctive style uh, for my artwork. But <laughs> like a crazy fool, I've gone and changed it completely and tried something new. So it's just me testing the water, really, and see what people think to this new style. The actual subject matter is still the same. It's just the approach is different. Oh, so we'll see, and that and that should have actually been the beginning of the year, and I was supposed to have a show in London as well this year, but that got cancelled obviously because of uh, the COVID malarkey. But we took a gamble and uh, hope for the best that December's going to be okay and we can at least have this show in Sheffield. Yeah, really. definitely. Peter, I was just going to say quickly before before we uh, we end the interview, I um. Could you possibly imagine when you were in that flat with uh, Richard Hawley? Yeah. I was, I was, um, I was in a meeting uh, last year, and the meeting was cancelled because the the guy who was the head of Universal was off to one of your exhibitions. I think it was the one in the East End. Uh, really? And, and the queues were on the block, and obviously you've become, you know, such one of the one of the most best love artists, you know, of of your genre. Could you have ever imagined right. that? what was what's going on? What, what, no. What I, I, well, it's funny. I was. I've been. I was attempting to make a living out of drawing cartoons, like obviously with the football fanzines. I also work for the Sheffield Telegraph, a local newspaper. I do the sports cartoons every week for them, and uh, do greeting card designs and gag writing and stuff like that. So I was a jobbing uh, cartoonist, and it never kind of materialised into anything other than just kind of 
half a wage and so I'd have to work to build up the other half of that wage which was either working as a postman and then eventually I worked at Tesco's and while I was working at Tesco's I I kind of had an epiphany that I needed to do something about this otherwise I'm going nowhere fast I got like three kids and my wife and we live in a council house and I thought maybe if I start painting that might do something and I came up with this sort of style that I'm known for now and I remember saying to this lad in, in Tesco's um who worked with me i said i'm just working on these paintings and i'm going to start flogging them soon for like 500 quid and i'm going to believe in tesco's in a bit and he just laughed at me but i just knew that what i'd come up with was going to do something more than the cartoon work did and, and fortunately touch what it, it did and um a, a half a year later I, I packed in tesco's and i've never looked back oh. Oh. Well, it's Tesco's lust, to be brutally honest. Wonderful stuff. Well, you wouldn't think that when you saw my work, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Pete, it's been an absolute Brilliant. pleasure. Lovely talking to you oh, very likewise. much indeed. Cheers, it's mate. It's been great good. Thanks for asking us. The Best 11 Podcast from Talk Sport. Thank you for listening to the Best 11 Podcast. Don't forget, we've got new episodes out every Thursday. So join us for more football memories and another Best 11 very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 